Well, welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back. Happy to be back once again with you to bring you more about aliens and the Krista Tilton case, where she was abducted into the Dolce base. And what we come to find in this podcast has to deal with some of the more parapsychological, um, kind of ethereal mentalities of the alien mind. So, to get us into the alien mind, I brought my baby alien right here. Say hello, baby alien. Oh, don't speak English yet? Okay. Just telepathically communicating with them? Great. We've got the Zen Bigfoot right here. He can't speak. He's in deep, deep, deep meditation. And then, of course, we've got the alien head. The one that haunts me in the middle of the night. And uh, what color should we go with? Green? Blue? Yellow? I don't like yellow. Uh, yeah, teal or purple is fine. Anyway, uh, so let's get down to it. Hope you guys are doing well. Having a great day. Now, as you may know, we've been doing podcasts on the Krista Tilton case in which she was abducted back in 73. I'm sorry, 87. And uh, she claims to be a Nordic-human hybrid. So, apparently they had some interest in her. Maybe they were going to use, some, use her for some DNA uh, extractions and some other things that we don't even know yet. But So, we're going to get into that. Um, I did have many people asking for a part three. So, this is why I'm doing a part three. I, I wasn't going to keep going on it. But it is kind of interesting because a lot of the, the rest of this kind of interacts with what the aliens believe in God the afterlife and and a little bit more so it's gonna it'll, it should be interesting so i'm gonna pick it up where i left it off in part two if you didn't listen to part two go back and listen to part two uh definitely had a lot of good info in there so in the last question that i had in part two um <clears throat> we asked uh let's see what was it as we pull it up here we go i believe or the question was sorry that was the answer <laughs> The question was, um, if the outer, no, 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 yeah, if the outer world gets hold of Dolce technology and begins to use it on, in colonizing other worlds, could this alleviate the pollution, population, economic issues, da-da-da-da-da, and she states that, I believe without a doubt, we've been working on projects to colonize the moon, underground earth, and able to colonize Mars. Uh, I've talked with scientists, I've talked with former NASA astronauts who believe without a doubt this is what's going on. They don't feel like it's anything alien, which is weird. Some of the astronauts say they felt like this technology that we've developed on our own. Eh, I don't know about that, man. Eh, we got a lot of crashed ships and we made huge jumps into the <laughs> in technology. But she states that certainly population is a problem that you have to think about in a way... Um, in about in a way in, way in advance that humans have come to all of these conclusions by themselves um she states that she disagrees she thinks it is alien technology that we've received that we've developed over time brought it into iphone apple android you know computers in general and um she states that we're running with it we've already started with it um like with biosphere she says a lot of people think that it's just for learning about our ecology. Uh, Biosphere was like this big experiment back in the day. 
Um, you can do some research on that, but basically they, they were doing some research with people living in it and, you know, how much damage humans would do inside of this, like, sphere type thing. Uh, I know a lot of things that went on in the, in the underground base happened at this facility as well. It's a massive facility, a wonderful facility. The technology there was being tested uh, and was alien technology. Now, she states that there are two planets right now. The moon, not so much being a planet, uh, but that Venus and the equatorial regions of Mars and the satellites of Earth are a stepping stone away from, from Earth to other places. So she's basically saying that we're using the moon to jump to Mars and jump to all these other places. However, we've also heard stories about jump rooms that just are in San Francisco and buildings that can just allow you to jump from a build, a high-rise in San Francisco all the way to the moon and the Mars. Um, so she says she's talked to too many scientists who've worked on black ops projects for the government who have said that that's exactly what we're doing, uh, that it's to be used only by the alien-controlled human elite and not for the masses. Well, that seems to be pretty straightforward. We don't get technology like that at Walmart, do we? No. Uh, so she states, they're instead to be depopulated through wars, plagues, infanticide, and other genocidal eugenic methods. I really believe that we don't have much longer here as a people to survive on Earth. The climate will be vastly changing, as we already experienced in this past summer. Uh, I do a lot of talking with, you know, other countries. Uh, and I've talked to a lot of folks in the UK who don't have air conditioners like we do in the U.S. There are a lot of houses either have central air or they have window units over there. They got nothing. So they had one of the worst summers that they've ever had. Uh, she states that we have to find the technology to go somewhere else. That's what many of the aliens did themselves long ago. The aliens that I've dealt with, the ones who came from the constellation Lyra, which have been reported to be the cat-like type species, um, they've actually had a massive explosion on their planet caused by invading reptilian forces from Alpha Draconis. As some uh, contactees suggest, they had to evacuate and migrated to a Pleiadian constellation where they knew other alien civilizations were already living. There, uh, there are many different types of Pleiadian species. I cannot stress this enough to people who say there's only one Pleiadian race. She states, not me. She, um, the Pleiadian star clusters actually consist of over 200 stars, which are suns, um, and they revolve around um, the central Pleiadian cluster, commonly known as the Seven Sisters. Okay. Some of my people, she states, also came into our system and settled on Mars, but something happened on that planet that forced them to go underground to live. Now, this is corroborated by Joseph McMonagall and some of the other uh, remote viewers for the government, Pat Price, Hanko Swan, Yuri Gell, you want to name it. Um, all those guys stated that they engaged with aliens from long ago, like one billion years ago, B.C., um, that, that lived on Mars, that were trying to get off Mars to go to another planet. So this is all corroborated stuff, guys. I mean, this is very, very in line with what we've heard already. And it's always good to have this corroboration because it just lends credence to what these people are saying. 
what would you, this is a question from the, from the interviewer, what would you consider the greatest weakness of the Grays to be? The answer is, I can tell you right now that the main weakness of the Grays is they have no soul, they are soulless. Uh, do not allow them to tell you otherwise. Some of them have been known to try to impart some sort of false religious philosophies on people that they've abducted. And the thing is, you have to realize is that these aliens have their own agenda. It's not something I feel is a positive one, really, she states. So I found, oh boy, sorry. I found out dealing with most of my life that they're soulless, they have no soul, and when it comes to religious beliefs or backgrounds, I'm not afraid to say it. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe in one ultimate being, God who has created all, all beings being of all kinds, and all different constellations where people have colonized throughout the universe. Beings, animals, things we probably have no no idea about, she states. Certainly, I have to believe that the greys are. The only way I can describe is that they're empty, empty cases. There's nothing there uh, other than superior technology type of brain apparatus in their skull area. Otherwise, they're no of no use to us, really, and they are used to impart different technologies. Uh, they give us information, but as far as trusting them, I do not trust them as far as I can throw them. What do you think our greatest strength as human beings is? Well, one of our greatest strengths is our belief in God, and our greatest strength and ability is our only connection, oh, and our only connection with each race is our connection with that one supreme being, God. So this is where, you know, some people may, you know, may not agree or disagree or whatever the case is. This is her, her belief and this is her understanding of how the world works. Um, she states, now I do believe God saw at some point in our history the need for someone to guide us in a positive way of living. I believe that Jesus was born as an example of the way that God would want us to live our lives. If we believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the one and only God, then we have to believe that this is all true and I believe that he, Jesus, is coming back. I believe in angels. I collect angels as artist, as art, basically. My best friend in Wisconsin would send angel cards all the time, and I send her angel cards as well. Um, jewelry, statues, things of that nature, she states. Um, however, this is interesting because she states, Believe me, I have seen them. I have dealt with them. I have spoken with them. Remember in the last episode, we talked about this. We talked about uh, an angelic type being, even though it didn't have wings, an angelic type being that was speaking to all these abductees and giving them information. So she did encounter an angelic type being, whether it's, it was an angel or whether it was a being that looked like an angel, whatever the case is. Um, she states that um, that was about on board the mothership. However, in that case, we would have to ask if they were standing or fallen angels, such as the rebel angels, or fallen light beings that have been seen by abductees working in collaboration with the greys and reptoids on their motherships. Interesting. She states, I have several, co I've, I have several c close calls where I can only state that these angels have appeared out of just nowhere and save my life. So I have to believe that these are God's beings or servants and they're wonderful. Interesting. Fortunately, however, they, there are twice as many standing angels in this universe as there are fallen angels. So it sounds like there's a two to one ratio of good versus bad, right? 
if that's the way we're looking at it. Although fallen angels seem to have a particular fascination with the planet Earth, in their nethermost depths of the planet is apparently a realm that they chose to make their last stand or their command headquarters in alliance with the serpent races which incarnate in their ancient conflict with Michael and his legions of standing angels. Now this is really interesting, right? Because this is bringing in biblical references and it's also bringing in references that we've heard of from uh, one of the colonels I did a podcast about who stated that um, it was Greg Renrich, Lieutenant Colonel Greg Renrich. And he talked about he had to sign an NDA. And in the NDA, they stated that you can't say the word Jesus Christ. I don't care if it's you stubbing your toe or you praising God, whatever the case is, you can't say the word Jesus Christ in these, in these bases because in these bases hold aliens that will cause them significant pain, significant infliction of, of damage if you use those words. So this is really interesting because, you know, in common psychology and common, you know, history and, 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 um, teachings, you know, hell is within the earth. Hell is in the center of the earth, you know, or that it's below us, whatever the case is in a different dimension. But, um, a lot of people believe that it's in the center of the earth and it's being run by these reptilians. Um, so it is, it is pretty fascinating when you come down to it. Um, she states that uh, in the 12th chapter of Revelation, uh, as it seems to generally convey a picture of war in heavens between the humanoids who are backed by standing angels and reptoids who are backed by rebel angels, as well as a prophecy that the reptilian power bases amongst the stars will be broken as the draconian forces retreat back to Earth to make their last stand. And in doing so, they from their carnivorous... Oh, cavernous carnivorous too <laughs> cavernous empire will back and support the global dictatorship in a desperate effort to gain human allies for a one last ditch effort do or die assault on the heavenly dominions and this is exactly what that podcast was about with lieutenant uh greg corso you know he, greg corso greg renrich you talked about how they stated that they were all going to battle with God. How the hell are you supposed to battle with God? Come on, man. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. God would be on a, if you believe in God, he would be on a totally different scenario. He, she, they, together, would be in a totally different realm. It'd be outside of our, our capability of even touching them. So it, just to even consider that they would be battling God, I don't know how the hell you would do that. Unless you can send some sort of frequency to try to attack them. Because you're not going to attack them on the same physical playing field that you're on. It's not going to happen. doesn't make any sense. So, to um, the thing to remember would be to use caution. Since rebel angels have the ability to appear as angels of light, they can pretend that they're nice and kind, right? Just as humans can do. Humans can do this too. You know, and they can appear to be your buddy and your friend, and then they, you know, try to try to kidnap you or something. You know, you never know. So, uh, so examine their messages as though your soul depended on it, she says. If you happen to encounter such beings, make sure you, you interpret what they say. You, you, you scrutinize it because you never really know exactly what they're going to come up with. So, uh, so examine their messages as though your soul depended on it. 
As for the draconians themselves, in all fairness, individual reptoids are not the ultimate enemy, as we've heard from other, other whistleblowers. The enemy is the Luciferian collective under which they serve. And the same can be said for the New World Order, which is prophesied in the book of Revelations. Uh, those who are enslaved in this system by choice or deception are not the ultimate enemy. It's like fighting a battle between the Russians and the Ukraine. Not each person is, your, is, is the ultimate enemy, but it's kind of like the ideology behind it that you have to fight these people to fight the ideology. So, um, she states the enemy is the Luciferian collective which they serve. Da, 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 da. Luciferian system itself is the enemy. Uh, something that is not often considered is the reptilian's perspective in regards to the physical and spiritual survival. One of the problems is that the reptilians are intelligent and sentient enough, thanks in part to the Luciferians who aided in destroying the original immortal status of both mankind and beasts, to realize that when they die physically, they also die spiritually due to the fact that they have no inherent soul. Now, see, this is really interesting because we're talking about a species that is alive, right? This species came from another star system. So what she's saying here is that they have no inherent soul. So when they die, they die spiritually too. So it's just like, you know, killing a piece of cardboard. It's dead once it's dead. Or a robot, once it's dead, it's dead. And there's no other soul that's going to come out of it. The reptilians fully realize this and it terrifies them to no end. Now, I have not heard this before. I've heard of battles in space and in subspace that are, subspace would, would be considered the spiritual realm. So there's these battles that are fought um, on the space realm. We are occupying space. And then the subspace realm, which would be the spiritual um, realm. And so this has been documented and, and told by many different remote viewers who have gone into these different realms through their work and encounter these beings on different levels. So whether or not these beings are reptilian or not, that might be another scenario. But there are other beings that are in different frequencies that are on different levels of frequency that live in different realms of spirituality. Uh, so that's, that's fascinating. Um, so going back to the reptilians having no soul, it terrifies them. One of the reasons for the hybrid project is not only to develop certain physical attributes within their race, but most importantly to give their posterity a soul, which seems to be fascinating because if they are really doing this hybrid program to get a soul, wouldn't that be something to get a piece of a soul so that they can interact and live forever? It's fucking mind-blowing, man. It's mind-blowing. So <clears throat> she says um, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically the most important part of the hybrid program. So they can survive beyond the grave, hopefully in e eternity of bliss, rather than in one of torment. See, the, the mentality of these reptilians is dominance at all costs. It doesn't matter. They, they'll stab you in the back uh, at, a, at a meeting, you know, of, of business. If you don't do as well as they believe you should, they'll just stab you in the back. Literally, not physically, not, not, not metaphorically, literally. Uh, we should not say um, that... Being a reptilian, ha or yeah, that we should not say that because a being has reptilian genes that they are the result of evil. Evil is not genetic. That's that's debatable, but the choice that one makes. Now that's true, because of the fact that many reptilians are mere cells in a Luciferian collective hive, 
it is not the individual reptilians at fault. The hive must be the target of one attacks um, and all, all of our attacks, especially any particular power centers or mainframes that guide the hive, right? So you might have some rogue bees, right? Bees that go away from the hive and they want to do their own thing. They don't want to be part of the hive, but they're kind of forced to because they have the, the, the queen bee sends out all these pheromones and it sends out all these different, um, you know, telepathic waves, you know, to, to these bees in whatever way they do it. And so these bees are under the, under the queen's control. So you, if you don't attack the hive and kill the queen, you know, it, you're not going to be able to make a big dent in, in what the bees do for the queen. Now, once the queen's dead, sometimes these bees are super confused. They don't even know what the hell they're supposed to do. They're not getting orders anymore. So since the reptoids, and especially the collective itself, lack a soul, they do not have the capability to tame their pred basic predatory instincts. Mankind must do this for them in Genesis 1, 28, 3, 1, and 14 through 15. Those reptilians which will not submit to reprogramming and refuse to surrender to this process should give up their right to experience a supervised free agency and should as a result, be subdued by force. This is interesting because in Corey Good's uh, testimony, he stated that these beings uh, that he engaged with, the tall white draconians that were 14 feet tall, basically mind forced him and, and told him they were like, "You need to get, you need to open up this force field that is keeping us on this planet. We want to get the hell out of here." Uh, because I think they knew that, that people were coming to hunt them down. Different alien species and humans and so on and so forth. Uh, so she goes on to state that um, because humankind has failed to take responsibility as the divinely commissioned guardians of the creation, you know, we ha we've allowed the, the reptilians to kind of dominate. Um, so she states, first, however, we must accept that a divine order was originally established for the universe, beginning with the almighty creator descending through the various angelic hierarchies through humankind, followed by the reptoid races who originally held a position somewhere between mankind and the beasts and following this lower animal kingdom, and finally the nature kingdom itself. This is the original divinely ordered hierarchy through which divine life and source of all creation cascades down from, higher, from, from the higher levels to the lower levels, she states. If this hierarchy is broken, like it was in the result of the intervention of the fallen angels, then unity and continuity is destroyed and chaos reigns. This is really fascinating because, you know what, growing up in this time period, there's so much goddamn sarcasm. You know, everybody's so sarcastic, nobody believes anybody, and it's the government's fault to a degree because they made everybody believe that the aliens didn't exist and it was just a bunch of bs and they lied to us and lied to us and lied to us what happens when your parents lie to you you don't believe shit they say so if your parents lie to you the government being the parents what are you gonna do you're not gonna believe them anymore and then your whole world is like based on this bullshit lie you're like well who's telling me the truth is it the government is it my parents or is it nobody it's kind of like stone cold ceo steve austin says from WWE. Don't trust anybody. Definitely not the government. So if so, she states, 
So if one gets a sense that this volume is attacking reptilians simply because they're reptilian, then they are not looking into the deeper message. I am not advocating for an all-out extermination of the draconian races. I am only advocating that they must, of their own choice or through force, whichever they choose, submit to the divinely established order with which was initiated from the very genesis of intel intelligent physical life on the planet Earth and subsequently throughout the universe itself. Now that's the end of her testimony. Very fascinating stuff. Okay, so, you know, what did we learn here? We learned that there's not necessarily 100% bad reptilians, according to her, um, but it's part of the overall hive mentality, right? It's, it's like the mob mentality. You get a bunch of people together, and one person kicks shit off, and everybody's like, oh, well, that person kicked it off. Well, I'm going to go do the same thing. It's like riots. It's like fights. It's like, you know, all the negative shit. And when that happens, you know, people jump in where they normally wouldn't. They wouldn't be going around doing all these things, breaking into stores or beating somebody up. No, they would wait there. They would just be like, okay, well, whatever. I'm not going to fight. Uh, but when one person, one leader kind of, kind of pushes the envelope, then... It just feeds into this like open door. It's like, it's like the broken window theory of criminal criminal justice. If there's a broken window in a community, then that broken window leads to more broken windows and more crime and more poverty. So you have to clean up the broken window. These small things lead to bigger and bigger and bigger things. That's the that's the key. So, you know, when you're taking down a hive, you got to take down the whole hive. You know, or the vast, or the, or the problem part of the hive. You know, maybe you can assist some of them, but it's like the bees. You know, if these guys are like the bees, you know, the worker bees and things like that, they were, they're going to get confused as to where their place is. Think about think about just war on planet Earth. You know, what happens when you take down Hitler? You know, he had a couple extra generals and extra you know command units, but if he's not the one to give out the commands then there's no there's no hierarchy right who becomes the hierarchy how does that message get sent out how fast can it get sent out then who all falls in line maybe not everybody falls in line with that person so you know there's a lot to be said for uh taking out the leader and then taking out the rest and or you know subjugating them <laughs> is basically what she's saying um so it's interesting, it, you know, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, I don't believe in this stuff, da 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 because now we're talking about Christianity. It doesn't matter. You know, this is her her experience. This is what she believes. This is what she feels. And, I mean, in all honesty, she has more inside information than we do. She talked about those those containers that are in Nightmare Hall. She talked about the same things that Thomas Costello talked about, who was one of the security guards within Dolce Base, and he wrote those papers and delivered them, and he went out on the run, and he left. And he was scared for his life. Left, I think I think he left his family, too. I can't remember. It was a whole big deal. But, you know, we have we have multiple people talking about the same issues. So, you know, you can, you can naysay all you want and, and whatever, and that's fine. I don't care because I don't believe, you know, I'm not, I'm not pushing religion down anyone's throat at all. That's not what this is about. This is about her story. And people wanted a part three. I gave it to you. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, there's a lot more uh, 
to this, there's actually another story um, that is similar to this case that I could do um, a separate podcast on. So if you guys are interested in that, let me know. Uh, I did have some people reach out saying, man, let's keep going with this. This is, this is fascinating stuff. So if you want me to go keep going forward, let me know. Send me a message. I did get the messages from a couple people um, that made comments on uh, Anchor and Spotify. So thanks for reaching out. It's uh, the reason I jumped on today. So um, I've, been, I've been out with a cold, so I apologize. I haven't had had podcast up every day. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try to get back to that, whether it's audio or video. But again, I'm going to try to keep them all video. So thanks for joining, guys. I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves. Please go like, follow, subscribe. Uh, Please take care of yourselves physically, spiritually, emotionally. Follow through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Take care of yourselves. Lockdown Universe out. Go like, follow, subscribe. Later.